Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Four companies control over 80% of the U.S. meat industry, and that's crushing the family farm and sticking you with sketchy meat. But it doesn't have to be this way. Moink is the new meat delivery service that ships the best-tasting grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door. They don't bleach their chicken like big age or use antibiotics, hormones, or any other sorts of funk. Moink's animals are raised outdoors, and their fish swim wild in the ocean. With Moink, you're saving the family farm while your family dines like royalty. And let me tell you this. I had the Moink beef last night for dinner, and it was absolutely amazing. I'm telling you right now, my wife, Violetta, if she's making anything other than Moink, I'm throwing it in the garbage. And the beef that I had, it was so good and so tender, I didn't need a knife. It was like butter. I had to use my fork. Join the Moink movement today, just like me. Go to moinkbox.com busted right now for a ribeye, ground beef, drumsticks, and two pork steaks with your first box. That's $69 of the tastiest meat you'll ever find for free. Offer extended through November 15th, spelled M-O-I-N-K, box.com busted, moinkbox.com busted. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk everything Hell in a Cell, especially that horrific end to that main event. What happened? What went wrong between The Fiend? and Seth Rollins. Also, we look back to Friday in SmackDown, one of the most historic nights in the history of the WWE. What happened between Brock and Kofi? Did we like it? Did we hate it? And of course, Kane Velasquez, we talk about him and how he is now a major part of what's going on with the WWE. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Gotta tell you. I did not expect the show to start the way it's starting this morning. Interesting. I thought we would hear the music, and then I would, I would have bet money on it that you were going to go straight into the rant. And what rant, you ask? <laughs> the rant that everybody on social media has been talking about since the ending to Hell in a Cell last night. Like, I believe that people were actually calling into the show to get ready to talk to us about it. People are ready to hear you go crazy and go on your rant. I'm I'm shocked that you're so calm. So wait, so you expected right off the bat, instead of doing the welcome, the busted open, I was just going to start screaming and yelling about the putrid ending of that pay-per-view last night? (laughs) The what ending? Putrid. 
I, I thought that that's going to happen. You're showing tremendous restraint this morning. I thought you were going to go buck wild on that thing right off the bat. Nah, now you got to pace yourself. It's three hour show, bully. <laughs> You're going to need a pacemaker <laughs> after the show today. <laughs> like, seriously, this might be what finally gets me over the edge. This is where, you know, all bets are off. Because it's a combination of a couple of things. I was not happy about, and we'll we'll get into SmackDown on Friday. I wasn't happy about the end of that show. So it's so funny. On Sunday, I'm actually saying, boy, man, I hope they give us a good show tonight. Because I'm so upset about the way SmackDown on Friday ended. And man, for what, three hours and five minutes, they did give us one hell of a show last night. Man, but it all came crashing down at the end, man. What a god awful way to end a pay per view, especially something like Hell in the Cell. So let me ask you this I, I know you hated it. Yes. Have you tried to give it any thought and f- maybe? think of a way or maybe try to figure out what they were trying to do do you think it came off well in any way shape or form or are you totally disgusted by it well i mean let me just quote something and it's you know i, I i'm newsweek and i think this may be the first time that i've ever quoted newsweek on an episode of busted open but newsweek on their website this morning they talked about hell in the cell and this is the first sentence of their review of Hell in a Cell last night. The ending to the 2019 Hell in a Cell pay-per-view may go down in history for one of the more disappointing finishes in modern WWE history. Think about that. The most disappointing finish in modern WWE history. You may go a step further and say this is maybe the most disappointing finish in WWF slash WWE history. What the hell was that last night? Now, you're right, Bully. I spent all night, I got no sleep last night because I was tossing and turning, trying to come up with a solution in my head of why they did what they did. Bully, you mentioned it last week, and it's so true. They painted themselves into a corner, and they painted themselves into a corner. I don't think there was any feasible way you could have had an end other than The Fiend winning the Universal title. I, I, I don't know how else you could have ended that match last night. Dave, was it so bad that no matter what I say today on the show to try to make it better or try to show you a different point of view, there, there's no way in hell it could happen? Here's why, Bully. Because you're going to try to do that, but I don't believe in your heart of hearts you believe it. Like, I think you'll try to, it's like, it's like talking to a dying person and saying, you know what, you pal, you're going to be okay. You're just saying it, but you know the guy's going to die. You're going to try to find a way to kind of please everybody, and you're going to try to find a way to explain to people why they did what they did last night, but I don't think I'm going to believe it. And I don't think any of the nation members are going to believe it. Well, you're really not going to believe this then. I'm not trying to do any of that horse shit you just talked about. <laughs> because I'm not defending it at all. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't understand it. But I will tell you this. If they would have added one or two little things 
to the referee's verbiage. If the ref would have said just a couple of different things to Seth Rollins right before Seth Rollins used that sledgehammer, then I would have been able to make more sense of it. It's not about what the referee said to Seth. It was what what the referee didn't say to Seth that made the least amount of sense to me. And and explain, like, what could the ref have said last night that would have gotten you to buy in to how that match ended? It wouldn't have stopped people from booing, and it would not have made people unhappy, uh, taken away from their unhappiness. But let me ask you this, Dave. We saw a match that, in my opinion, really didn't make a ton of sense, especially when you compare it to the opening match of the night, Sasha versus Becky, which made a lot of sense. There was psychology around the weapons that they used. They, they did a lot of things the right way. In the last match, I just saw gratuitous weapon use just for the sake of weapon use, Okay. Seth Rollins brings in a chair and he cracks Bray Wyatt in the skull with it. Yep. Right then and there, hasn't the WWE primed us to know that that's a no-no? No chair shots to the head. Was that a chair shot to the head? Yes. Was it a direct chair shot to the head? It looked direct to me. Actually, more direct and and vicious than a normal chair shot because his head is up against the mat and his head has no place to go. It's basically like doing an old school Edge and Christian concerto. It is the one chair concerto that Edge and Christian used to do. Right then and there, they've already set the tone for why the eventual finish doesn't make a lot of sense. But I want to go back to the referee. Do you know off the top of your head what the referee said to Seth Rollins right before he was going to use the sledgehammer? It was like, this isn't you. It was like something along those lines. This isn't you. Gotcha. He said, do not use that. Think about what you're doing. This is not who you are. Are you really going to kill this guy? So now what we're seeing is the referee begging and pleading with Seth Rollins because at the end of the day, Bray Wyatt is still a man. He's confused. He's like a Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter was still a man at the end of the day, despite the fact that he was a monster. If the referee, let me stop, at the finish of the match when the bell rang, who did the heat go on? They, I mean, well, geez, there was a lot of heat, you know, at the end of that match, but the referee, because the referee, because there was a stoppage. All the heat went on the ref because they stopped a hell in a cell match. People thought it was a DQ. It was never announced as a DQ, but it was a a match stoppage. And all of the heat goes on the ref. All the referee had to do, Dave, was tell Seth Rollins, think about what you're doing. This is not who you are. Do you really want to kill this guy? Seth, if you do this, I got to throw the match out. If the referee says that, now the decision is on Seth's shoulders, not the referee's. Now it's Seth who made the decision to consciously crack Bray Wyatt in the head with the sledgehammer. There were no consequences. If the referee tells Seth Rollins, Seth, if you do this, I got to throw the match out. 
And now Seth looks at the referee, and we see the look on Seth's face, and then he decides to deal the death blow. The way they did it leaves all of the heat on the referee because you never expected to see the referee throw out a match because of that type of physicality. In my opinion, the chair shot to the head is a lot more vicious and violent than a sledgehammer to a toolbox on top of a ladder on top of a chair. It's 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 hard to break down. It's hard to even consider where this is going. I mean, b- bully, we've seen Hell in a Cell matches. We've seen a ton of Hell in a Cell matches. We saw Undertaker and Mick Foley. Mick Foley almost die in that ring and that match continue and have a finish. We've seen sledgehammers in Hell in a Cell matches before with Batista with 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 Triple H obviously. I think the problem here is that everybody was wondering how this match was going to end, and this was the cheap way to go. Once again, in a main event match at a Hell in a Cell, we have a non-finish. I mean, they, they, there's only two ways you can finish a Hell in a Cell match. It's either by, it's either by submission or pinfall. Those are the only two ways that you can end a Hell in a Cell match. And then we get what we had last night. And it's a combination of a lot of things, too, Bully. I mean, did you ever think there would be a time where you're going to see Seth Rollins going for a curb stop and the entire arena is booing Seth Rollins? So now everyone's behind Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, by the way, every time Seth Rollins tried to pin Bray Wyatt or The Fiend, he kicked out at one. So I I don't understand why you're ending the match. I I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I, I, I like where you're going because maybe at the, at some point the ref says to Seth, you know what, either go for the pinfall or I'm stopping this match. You need to go for a pinfall here. That's the, the rules I, That's the rules of a Hell in a Cell match. It's either pinfall or submission. So at some point you got to cover your opponent or I'm throwing this match out. And that's one of my problems with the chair shot, Okay. Well, no, actually, it wasn't with the chair shot. It was with the stomps because he did try to go for the cover after the chair shot, and there was a one. It was the stomps and the lack of a cover after the stomps that really, uh, that really bothered me. He hit about five or six, uh, you know, curb stomps in a row, and each time he hits it, the boos are getting louder and yep. louder and louder. And then all of a sudden, Bray gets up, and what did you hear? The place popped. Yep. Right, right then and there, you know you're in trouble, okay? Because your universal champion, Babyface, has just hit his move six times on what we're perceived as, a, as this gruesome monster. And the monster gets a massive pop because he basically no-sells all the curb stomps and gets right up because he's a deranged lunatic. The same way a Hannibal Lecter would no-sell stuff and be able to just pop up. But why, after the five or six curb stomps, did Seth Rollins not go for a cover? What was the point? If you've just hit more curb stomps on Bray Wyatt than you've ever hit on any other wrestler, and the object of the match is to win, why not cover him? I could understand if you did cover him and he kicked out, then you're going to go outside the ring to get the chair. But that was a major disconnect to me. He should have tried to beat him right there. And then we don't get the cover, but we get the blunt force 
head trauma with the chair shot to the head. That, to me, extremely violent. I mean, I like it. I like yes. the fact that they went there. Just like with Cody and Spears, I like the fact that they showed a little bit of balls. But, man, that's more vicious than what I saw with a sledgehammer. Especially because- if all that stuff piled up on top of Bray Wyatt. He's not even going to feel that shot of the sledgehammer. I mean, the guy, he's aiming, for, you know, he hits a toolbox that's on top of a ladder that's on top of a chair. I mean, come on. Uh, if, if anything, I would I would have liked to have seen them take, they didn't need the ladder and they didn't need the toolbox, okay? The ladder coming in is a little bit wonky. The toolbox, completely hokey. Okay, I'm not a fan of it because it's not a a, a genuine weapon. If they would have just used the chair and the sledgehammer, I would have been a lot cooler with that. Imagine just the chair shot to the head. The chair shot doesn't work. Then he brings in the sledgehammer and hits the sledgehammer into the chair. That's going to look a lot more violent, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, of course. And I'm tell and now I also have an alternative finish to this match, which I'll tell you when we come back from break. But do you agree if the referee would have just been audible enough, would have said it loud enough, Seth, if you use that sledgehammer, I gotta throw the match out. It would have been a little bit easier for the people who are watching on the WWE network, but it wouldn't have helped the crowd that was in the arena because they never would agree. They never would have heard the ref. And again, it, it boggles my mind that they didn't expect that type of a reaction from that crowd. I mean, here's the main event of a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I mean, you've been building the fiend for how long has it been now, bully, that they've been building the fiend Bray Wyatt? Months. Months. And now you have him in a championship match against Seth Rollins where everyone is asking the question, how is this going to end? Are we going to see a new champion? Could Seth actually beat the fiend? With the way that you explained it, I think it would have been a little bit easier on the audience at home. I still think you would have gotten a lot of pushback, believe me. It would have been as nearly as bad as it was last night. But that would have not helped that crowd. And you would have still gotten the same reaction from that arena crowd like you did last night, no matter what you did. I completely agree. You would have gotten the same reaction, but we would have came on the show this morning and it would have made a lot more sense. Because the way they did it, the heat was on the ref. If they would have just added some lines to it, the heat, the decision and the heat would have been on Seth Rollins. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. It's not medical marijuana. It's CBD. And if you're into health magazines and journals, You already know the reported health benefits of CBD can be very compelling. I know myself, I use the CB Distillery Salve. It's a cream, and it feels very comfortable on my skin. It's natural. It feels great putting it on. And after I put it on, it's like it's not even there, and the health benefits are amazing. CBD is the potent compound extracted from the hemp version of cannabis. There's no high, it's legal, and you don't need a script when you buy from the source I trust, cbdistillery.com. Where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, cbdistillery.com are the experts. If you're into health, you'd be wise to visit cbdistillery.com. Do your research and see what CBD can do for you. Go to cbdistillery.com and enter busted for 20% off. Again, enter busted for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. 
com. We could do the whole show on the end of Hell in a Cell from last night because I think it was that bad of a finish. I put I put, I just put up a little thing when the show went out, off the air last night. I think I got over a thousand comments from fans. I think I read one or two that actually liked the way the pay per view ended, and they're like, "Oh, I see what the WWE was trying to do here." Well, do me a favor. If that was you, please call in because I'm not sure what they were trying to do there. Maybe that maybe they're going to try to tell a story with this referee. Hopefully tonight they come on the air and they interview the referee and the referee says I was showing concern for Bray Wyatt. At the end of the day, he's still a man. He's a confused man. He's a tortured soul. He's sick and it's my job to try to make sure he doesn't get injured. You know, all that blah, blah, blah to try to make sense of it. But last night, it, it what boggles my mind is this, Dave. When it happened, I watched it. And even though I knew it was not the right way to go, because that's not fans would want to, would want to see, I said to myself, why would they allow all the heat to go on the ref? All the ref had to do was tell Seth Rollins, Seth, if you do this, I have to throw the match out. Now it's Seth Rollins' conscious decision. Now the referee's just got to ring the bell because he warned them. Don't make me throw this match out, Seth. Don't make me do this. It's a hell in a cell match. Don't, don't use that sledgehammer. And then he does it. All the heat's on Seth. He made the decision. And I don't this, know. And this is the importance of an official, and this is the importance of the commentators, Bully. Because... You're absolutely right. And I'm sure, you know, Jimmy Corderas, who's a listener to this show, maybe he can call in and explain a little bit more. But this is where, like, you have that explanation, Bully, that you just mentioned, and then you have the commentators explain what the referee is doing, and then you have that. And listen, you're still going to get damned by, by the audience in the arena, but at least at that point, the people who are watching at home, which is the majority... They understand where the official is coming from, and then the commentators can explain what the official is trying to do. Then it's a different story when we pop on the air today. If if that's explained, then at least we could say, hey, for the people in the arena, I completely understand. But hey, the official gave Seth Rollins that option. That option never happened. You know, it was, I mean, from what we were watching last night, Bully, it, it looked like Seth Rollins was just trying to kill Bray Wyatt. And that's it. And, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. I, I asked you just before we came on the air if there was ever any physicality in a Hell in a Cell match in recent memory that was more vicious and violent than the stuff that we saw last night. Now, obviously, years ago with Mick Foley, you know, getting, you know, thrown through the cell or getting thrown off the cell, those didn't even. How did the the match end with Foley getting thrown off the cell? Well, if if, he went through the announce table. Well, if you remember, they carted him off in on a stretcher and then Mick came back and climbed up that cell like they could have done something like that. They could have had him prone in the ring where Bray Wyatt is not moving at all. And, they, you know, they, he's just not moving. They, they think he's, he's out. He's out cold. And they could have done something similar to what they did with Mick Foley. And then Bray Wyatt, which happened after the match was over, Bray, they, they did that with Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt obviously, you know, 
stopped and put the the, the claw on Seth Rollins. Th- there's other ways they could have played that. But as far as like your point with the violence, I don't know if we've ever seen anything the gratuitous violence where just again and again and again and again and again. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. And once again, it could have all ended if Seth Rollins once again tried to pin Bray Wyatt. Because either A, he's winning the match, or he's kicking out and the match continues. And they could have even went in a different direction. And this is this was my, if I had the pencil um, way, I would have gone about things. What I told you earlier in the show was just how they could have cleaned it up. It would not have made sense to the people in the arena, but it would have made sense to the people at home, and it would have made sense to us on the show today. But... If I had the pencil last night, I would have gotten out of this match the same exact way they did, but in a way that would have forced them to have a non-finish. So, Dave, what if there was a ref bump in the match? Okay. Okay? What if there was a ref bump? And if you don't do ref bumps the whole night and you save it for the main event, with all of the, the weapons that were being used, with all the gimmicks that were in that ring... There could have been a mistake and a ref could have got cracked with a kendo stick, right? Absolutely. A a, a ref could have been in the wrong way and a a ladder could have cracked him in the back of the head, right? Yep. Anything. It would have been very easy to bump that ref last night. And when that ref goes down, it's almost like a civilian is caged with an animal and is in danger, correct? Mm -hmm. Don't you think one of the other referees would try to come in the cage or somebody would try to come in the cage to save the referee. Yes. You bring another referee in the cage. And the fiend puts the mandible on that referee. And then another referee tries to save and the fiend puts the mandible on that. You see the fiend lay out all of the referees. They're all down. There's no way that there's any referee that can make a decision on the match. And then you keep going with the violence. That's when you have that's when you have Seth finally knock down Bray, the chair shots to the head. <clears throat> and now when he's all covered up and about to use that sledgehammer. Dave, you remember the old the old TV show Chiller? Yep. When the hand came up through the grave. Okay? Imagine if if Seth Rollins is standing over Bray Wyatt about to cave in his head, and that's when Bray Wyatt reached up from the chair, the ladder, and the toolbox and put the mandible right on Seth Rollins right then and there. That would have continued your angle. That would have given you everything you needed, but the, the announcers could have said, there's no referee alive to make a decision. We can't have a decision because there's nobody to tell the the, the announcer at, at, at ringside what to say, even though they didn't say anything anyway. But the minute you heard the bell, you just assumed DQ. I would have had 
Bray Wyatt go on a quote-unquote killing spree last night when it came to anybody coming in the ring to try to save the other referee or Seth Rollins. And that's the thing that's so confusing, Bully, is because all this gratuitous violence we're talking about came from Seth and not from Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was just prone on the mat. So your face, your baby face, the face of your show is the one that just continued the chair shot to the head, the ladder, you know, the sledgehammer. That all came from Seth Rollins. Now, I mentioned before about Seth Rollins and Raw tonight. There is no way you could put Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw tonight. How do you have Seth Rollins on that show tonight? For two reasons. Number one, the way the show ended, his gushing blood is gushing out of his mouth. I mean, Bray Wyatt's got the mandible claw on Seth Rollins, and blood is gushing out of Seth Rollins' mouth. How do you have, less than 24 hours later, have him start Monday Night Raw or have him on the show? And on the flip side, Seth Rollins was getting booed out of the building. If you show Seth Rollins on that show tonight, that whole arena is going to turn on Seth Rollins. You know how I've been saying over the last few weeks how I'm not a fan of Seth Rollins, there's no connection? Well... I was in the minority when it came to that. That's not the case anymore. Seth Rollins steps on that entrance ramp tonight on Monday Night Raw. He is going to unmercifully be booed. And in doing what they did last night, Bray Wyatt might be the biggest baby face next, next to Becky Lynch in the WWE right now. Yep. Just because the fans are so annoyed with the way the finish that finish went down. Bray Wyatt becomes a bigger babyface. And just to piggyback off one of the little points you used about Seth Rollins introducing the weapons, did you notice that after Seth Rollins got done using the kendo stick on Bray Wyatt, Bray eventually took the kendo stick, and what did he do with it? He threw it away. Bray didn't even want to rely on the weapons. The babyface brings in the weapons. They're not effective, and the quote-unquote heel throws the weapons away. There are so many points in that match that they backed Seth Rollins into a corner where it was almost impossible for him to look good. I mean, a minute a minute and a half in the match, he's already going for weapons under the ring. Why? You're the, you're the universal champion. Why did you just start curb stomping him to death? Anything, but why did you have to go get weapons, especially a kendo stick? Come on, man. The kendo stick is becoming like such a, it might as well be a giant straw. And that's the other thing, too. When he was using those weapons, when he hit Bray Wyatt in the stomach with the kendo stick, did you see Bray Wyatt's reaction? It didn't phase him. And then he hit him in the back. It, he, it didn't phase him. It did nothing. My, my point is this. I understand the no-selling of the kendo stick. I can't understand why my universal champion had to run out of the ring immediately to go get those weapons. Why didn't they build up to those weapons? Once I see those weapons in the first two minutes of the match, kind of loses it for me. And by the way, earlier in the night, the girls did a phenomenal yep. job with the use of their weapons. They were innovative and different. And the weapons meant something. To me, they meant nothing in the main event. We got no mileage out of them. They were just used for the sake of being used. I mean, it, let, let's take the two table spots. Meteora through a table. I loved it. Seth Rollins doing a splash onto Bray Wyatt. I mean, come on. It was a splash. Like, what is... Uh, if you're going to... 
if you're going to up the game by using weapons, let's be a little bit creative in the way we use them. Let's just not super kick a guy on the table and then go up and do a, you know, a splash. And I think the biggest thing, Bully, now that there is competition, WWE has to be cautious of the way that they have these main events. Like, they, you can't just expect, like, here's the veggies, eat them. Like, it's, it's not going to be that way anymore. Something that was more acceptable a couple of years ago isn't going to be acceptable now in 2019, and they have to be very, very careful. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. There's only two ways a Hell in a Cell match can end. Submission or pinfall. Or pity. (laughs) Submission, pinfall, or pity. Because last night was a freaking pity party. Oh, I feel so bad for Bray Wyatt. He's just torn and tormented. He's still Bray Wyatt, the man that we all know and love. He's so happy when he does his funhouse. Please, Seth, don't hit him with that sledgehammer because that would be too vicious. But when Hunter does it, it's okay because he's my boss. Wow. Did they even make an announcement of how that match ended last night? I don't even think they made an announcement. Like, that's why a lot of people coming out of that paper automatically assumed it was a disqualification. If you were in the crowd last night, you definitely assumed it was the disqualification. And, and, and I hated afterwards where all the referees scurrying around like, oh, please stop. Please, this is enough. Please, this is enough. Oh, please shut up. I would have much preferred to see Bray just put the mandible on every referee or kill every re- I just wanted to see carnage. Every referee should have been down. Every medical uh, guy and gal should have been down. Everything should have been destroyed. That was the shot. Bray Wyatt laying waste to everybody. Not just Seth. He could have destroyed everybody. No referees could have made a decision on the match. No referee could have ra- had a bell rang. No EMTs can help anybody. That's how you make somebody. That's the picture you want to paint. That's the shot. That's the memory. But no, we got a bunch of people running around like 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 like, uh, like, like, like roaches. Got to help this. We got to do this. Got to do this. Have the guy just destroy everybody. It just sucks. It was such a good pay-per-view, and the way they ended it was just terrible. There's just... I know, I know. I'm sure this is the way the nation feels. You ready to get back to the Busted Open Nation? We got some people that have been holding on for a while. Let's try to get some of our nation members. Let's go out to Wes in Jacksonville. What did you think of the ending of Hell in a Cell, Wes? I, I tweeted it a couple times. I think I tweeted it to Bully. If... Uh, Hell in a Cell was a wet dream. The WWE threw a cold bucket of water on it. Um, I I love the way it started. Bully always says, if if you can't close a show, start it. So you set the tone. And uh, Sasha and Becky definitely set the bar high for the entire show. Great match. But they got just as violent as our main event. Um, I There's a show that is on 
the app, which it's a WWE watch along, and there's a, a nice screenshot of Natty just like looking so disappointed. I'm just almost at a loss for words. I was so excited for this. It reminds me to the ending of SmackDown, where you have such a, a huge buildup to a show, and the show's going great, and they just backhand you right in the mouth. And, you know, growing up, we learned that the, the Hell in a Cell can only have two ways of ending. That's pinfall or submission. We've seen Foley get thrown off it, through it, tooth through his nose. That match still went on. But God forbid someone brings a hammer into to the ring along with a, a toolbox and every other thing under the kitchen sink. Now, if this was like a, a, uh, a Falls Count Anywhere match or even an Extreme Rules match, I don't think I would be as upset. But it's a Hell in a Cell. You almost ruin the, the legacy of the Hell in a Cell by doing this. That, that match is known for violence. You're expected to leave that match not the same person. Not with a ref begging you not to hit somebody. It was it was just at all disappointed. And I agree with both of you that if Seth Rollins is on tonight limping and, you know, this oh. sad, sore face, it's going to lose so much credibility. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to keep. And, and thanks so much for the phone call. And I wish you had a better time watching Hell in a Cell because, like you did say, up until the end of that match, it was a very, very good pay-per-view. But, man, I mean, I, I said last week – that Seth Rollins was a, a shoulder slumper. You know, he comes out, you're like, ugh. Man, the second he comes out tonight, it's going to be, ugh. You just don't want to see him. I mean, here's your champion curb-stomping Bray Wyatt. Forget about before all that carnage. He's curb-stomping Bray Wyatt, and everybody in that arena is booing Seth Rollins. Tells you everything you need to know right in that moment. Isolate that moment in time. And somebody tried to explain to me why the arena is booing the Universal Champion babyface for hitting his finishing move on the dastardly heel that we technically love more than anybody else right now. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's, the... in, it's indicative of things. Now, let me ask you this, Bully. Is it because... This is the crowd in 2019. You know, Bray Wyatt's the cool character, so everybody wants to get behind the cool character, which is The Fiend. Or does this have anything to do with Seth Rollins? Is Seth Rollins, since, you know, they gave him the ball coming out of WrestleMania 35, am I being too harsh? Is he a bit of a shoulder slump? I just don't think he has any kind of emotional connection. I mean, for crying out loud, they do it all the damn time with the taglines. You got to get your tagline in. I mean, before that match, they're interviewing him backstage. And at the end of it, he's got he's to throw in, the, I'm going to burn it down. Shut the hell up, asshole. Enough with, the, uh, enough with the taglines. Can you show some real emotion, some real fear, some real anger? You're asking me whether or not I should tell you if your emotional opinion of the guy is right. If you think he's a shoulder slumper, then he's a shoulder slumper. But am I being too harsh? How? You're responding to a character on TV. If you go to an Alice, Cooper's con Alice Cooper concert and you don't think it's a good show and you walk out going, wow, I didn't think that was a good show, are you being too harsh? No, you're responding to something that you saw. Alice is a character. Seth is a character. 
You're not happy with what you see. I can tell you this. Seth doesn't do the same things for me that other characters there do. I, I, and I don't like Seth as a baby face. No. He, I, I don't think that's his wheelhouse. And there's video footage, Bully, of when it was all said and done. And he's kind of getting helped back to the back off from their entrance ramp. And he got into it with a couple of fans that were, like, I, you know, giving him crap. Like, there was a one sign, you know, there's a couple of negative signs towards Seth Rollins. And he was, like, yelling at the fans. Like, what are you doing, man? And, Dave, one of the biggest problems that Seth has in this angle is he's up against a multi-dimensional character True. who can entertain you on so many different levels. And now you got Seth, who's a good wrestler. People don't care about the good wrestler in this particular storyline. Bray Wyatt has captured everybody. He's fun. He's disturbing. He's happy. He's scary. He, he runs the gamut of emotions for a fan. That's why people are so into him. He's so different. What do we get when we get with Seth? It's, it's, it's canned words. It's so, unemotional. Uh, it's, just, it's just words coming out of a mouth. So watch this. I'm really going to go off on a tangent now. Did the people pop for Brock Lesnar losing to Seth Rollins or because Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar? I, th I, I think now looking back at it is because Brock Lesnar lost. Exactly. And that's bad. And these are the things that I've been saying for a long time. Yes, people respond to Seth's music. Seth has cool music. He has a cool tagline. Seth actually looks cool out there. Seth is a really great wrestler. But when it comes to the emotional investment, I don't think it's there. Unless he's standing across from the right person. And the person that he was standing across from last night is more loved by the WWE Universe right now than he is. It's not even close. Because let me tell you something. If they would have locked that cage door and Bray Wyatt would have squashed Seth Rollins in 30 seconds and hit him with Abigail and put the mandible on and the match was over, everybody in that arena would have went crazy. And you know what? Everybody would be calling in and talking about how that was the best WWE, WWE pay-per-view of the year. Pay-per-view of the year last night. Absolutely. Ugh. The people wanted something. I mean, listen, they could have gotten a, a, a much better reaction if they would have just paid attention to the smallest of detail they might not have gotten the reaction that they wanted in the arena but it wouldn't it would have been a lot easier for them to tell their story tonight and that's why the follow-up is going to be so important and here's the thing bully like there's a part i love seth rollins i've always enjoyed his career i loved him as tyler black i love what he's been able to do in the wwe but leading up to WrestleMania 35 and coming out of WrestleMania 35, there's just no emotional tie. There really isn't. Because I think you're right. I think going into 35, people were just tired of Brock Lesnar holding that title, and they wanted him to drop that title. It wasn't about Seth Rollins. It was about Brock. Now, here you are. You're the guy. You're the man. You got the belt. You have the title. You're the face of the franchise. Now what do you got? Show me something. And he hasn't been able to do that. Now I know you put some of the blame on creative. You know, creative, you know, we know about the the written promos and you have to say this. And they're probably telling him, we want you to finish with your tagline. Come on, burn it down. Come on, say it, say it. That's your tagline. 
But at some point, you have to own the words. You have to own it. Even if they're not your own, you have to own those words. You're a face. You're the guy. You're the champion. Make me believe in what you're saying. He does not have that ability. He does not have the ability to take the microphone and make me believe in what he's saying. He just doesn't have it. They have To the point, they have to do something here. Bully. Honest to God, they have to make a change. Because if your universal champion, who's your top guy on Monday Night Raw, that's owned the WWE for decades, and I have no emotional attachment to you, there needs to be a change, no? Dave, other than when Seth beat Brock Lesnar at Mania and at SummerSlam, do you remember when the most emotion we ever got out of Seth was You're, when when was the last time you saw Seth do something you're like wow that was really cool that's the Seth that I want when he's with the shield nope with the Roman video game commercial remember the video oh, com- yeah. game commercial right. yep I sure do that Seth Rollins sparked us we were all like whoa who's that dude. That's the Seth Rollins they need. And who came up with the video game commercial? Creative people. It's not like Seth came up with that and said, well, maybe he had some, maybe he had some input. But go back and watch that. This is where a Heyman is so important because he can spot the little things in people's personalities and characters and extract them. I, I don't think that, you know, you know, Seth Rollins, you're only gonna get yourself to a certain level on your own and with certain people around you. And listen, there are certain people in the WWE who help out the current stars that were never really stars on their own. So how the hell can they help the current stars become bigger stars? You need to keep people like Seth Rollins surrounded by the biggest stars in the company, people that he can learn from. And, and and hopefully they go in that direction. I don't blame Seth for last night. I really don't. It's hard to. I, bl- I blame it on, on, I think, just a lack of attention to the detail in what the referee said to Seth. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Let's start as uh, Michael Cole is trying to do a uh, commercial at the beginning of the Brock-Kofi Kingston match, but can't even get it out. Before he does, the match is already over, and Brock beats Kofi in 10 seconds. Let's start there. Okay, what about it? What did you think? Loved it. I didn't. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I know I'm in the ultra, 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 ultra minority. Mm-hmm. Brock is the star. Brock is the man. Brock is the be-all and end-it-all for Vince right now. I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, do it and get it over with. Take him out behind the shed, put one in the back of his ear, and that's it. And that's what they did. Don't even let it get that far. Just do it. Ding, ding, ding. F5, one, two, three. End of story. I have no problem with the way they went about that. Kofi, in my eyes, will always be a fighting champion. Kofi does not lose an ounce of my sympathy. 
he actually gains it. He went out there, he attacked, he got caught, and he lost. The same way in a UFC octagon, a guy can attack, get caught, and lose. The same way in a boxing match, a guy can attack, get caught, and lose. What happened in that match was very realistic. Had no problem with it. Afterwards, on .com, Kofi did that interview. Honest. Maybe I, maybe I bit off a little bit more than I could chew, but one day I'll be back. Good job, Kofi. You're honest with us. I appreciate you. It was a hell of a run. Looking forward to what you're doing next. All right. Um, I understand what you're saying. Mark Henry actually said on our Saturday show, same exact thing. Hey, this is combat sports. You can get hit with a right. You know, in the octagon, you could get hit, get knocked out. Anything can happen when it comes to that. And I completely understand. I would have liked, for myself, would have liked a more competitive match. I think Kofi deserved that. But to your point, I understand it. But one F5? I, Why? I, How many F5s do you think it should be to beat I, Kofi Kingston? I, 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 a hell of a lot more than just one. No way in hell. Kofi is a small man. Damn right, he's a small man with a lot of heart. Heart doesn't mean shit when you're going up against Brock Lesnar and the F5. Yeah, heart gets you to the ring. Yeah, heart gets you past the ringing of the bell. Kofi, Kofi is not a big dude. He's not a strong dude. He he flies through the air. He takes he he takes the opportunities. He ducks. He 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 he, he you know he drop kicks. He this. He that. He tried to jump right at Brock and he got caught. This is not like hitting Goldberg with three F5s or a man of Brock's stature or bigger. No. That was the right decision. I'm not a fan of multiple finishes. I understand why it happens sometimes. One F5 should be good enough to beat Kofi Kingston. I have no problem with what they did. So, so Dave, if he would have hit two F5s, that would have made it better for you? I, I, yeah, I think he deserved better than just going out with one F5. That's my opinion. He lost to the guy's finish that he's been doing for 20 years. Yeah, but we've seen, like, again, what do we see with the two matches with Seth Rollins? We've seen Seth Rollins multiple times kick out of F5s. Kofi okay. Kingston, over the last six months, I think, has been a tremendous champion that's been able to beat everybody he's faced. I think he deserved a little bit more than just 10 seconds against Brock Lesnar. It just goes to show you where they want Brock Lesnar positioned and how they want him positioned. One F5 is enough. If you're going to beat me, beat me with your finish. It, honestly, if I was put in that same situation and they said, Bubba, we want Brock to beat you in te- 10 seconds, how do you want to do it? F5, one, two, three. And I'm 325 pounds. Not a buck ninety like like Kofi or however much he weighs. One F five from Brock Lesnar, the universal, you know, the the former universal champion, a former UFC champion. That's enough. That's all it should take. Finishers are done entirely too much. That They're I agree prostitu- with. They're that prostituted, but you can't erase the past, and they have done that, and that's a big reason why I think it should have taken a lot more than just one F five. Now, bully. I think all everybody and everyone I spoke to, and we talked to a lot of nation members leading up to Friday. I don't think anyone expected Kofi Kingston to come out of, of Friday night as champion. I think we all agree that 
Kofi was going to lose and Brock Lesnar was going to be your new WWE champion. Interesting enough, Bully, did you hear what Michael Cole said about that WWE championship before that match started? Remind me. He said, the most prestigious title in sports entertainment. So just with that one sentence, no longer is the universal title the top title in the WWE. It's back being the WWE championship again. When you have Brock Lesnar holding a championship, in my eyes, that trumps anything that Seth Rollins holds. Yes. Despite the fact that Seth is the universal champion. Brock is going to be on a TV show that's going to be seen by a considerable amount more people than Monday Night Raw. And it's Brock Lesnar. And I I think we can all agree now that SmackDown is going to be the A show moving forward. Uh, I guess by default, I have heard people saying this. To me, it's the A show when creatively it becomes the A show. I want to say that a, that SmackDown is the A show because it is a definitively better show than Monday Night Raw. I can understand, oh, it's the A show because more people see it, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Four million people. By the way, great call, LaGreca. You are dead on balls accurate. Um, f- four million was a, was a hell of a rating for them. Uh, 4 million viewers or whatever it is, 3.9. It was but, yeah, I think I like over it. an 80% bigger audience than they had for the last episode of SmackDown on USA. Like the way they went about Kofi and Brock did not like the Kane Velasquez All right, thing. so, I mean, we're going to disagree. No, you know, the, the, that's a discussion that we can have. Obviously, you have your understanding, and I have my understanding, and we have our opinions about Kofi wait, Kingston. Wait, wait, I want to stop you for one second. I want to pull the curtain back a little bit. Go ahead. In, in a battle royal, if you're not winning the battle royal, do you know when most guys want to get eliminated? I'm sure early. First. Yep. If I'm not winning, I want to be eliminated first. If if I gotta lose, I wanna be I wanna lose quick. If they want me to lose, I want it quick until the guys finish. Do it and get it over with. And that's why it's the right decision. I understand fans' point of bat view. Phone. Fit, yeah, the bat phone's ringing. I hope uh, a, I hope Batgirl picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> okay, good. So okay, so you if you're not gonna be if you're not gonna win, you wanna be eliminated first. Sure. Because sticking around just proves to everybody that you weren't good enough to get the job done. We know that Kofi was good enough, but he couldn't get the job done. He's up against a a, a beast, a monster, a killing machine. I hope this isn't over. I hope Kofi, this isn't the last time we see Kofi in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I hope Kofi gets. Uh, I hope he gets a rematch, mm-hmm. and I think that rematch will be the match that you and a lot of other fans would like to see because I know they can pull off the match that everybody really, really wants. The Velasquez thing to me, I wasn't on. I wasn't entertained by it. The best part of Velasquez coming to the ring is Brock's facials. All right, so all right, I, I want before you give your opinion, I just want to throw out mine because I, I don't know if yours will be the same or if it will be different, but this was my feelings watching on Friday. So obviously I'm upset about the whole Kofi Brock thing. Um, whether it makes sense or we're going to see another chapter down the road, who knows, but I'm a little upset. So then you, you, you get he's holding up the championship title and then you hear Rey Mysterio's music. Ray comes out, and then he's with somebody. At first, I got to be honest with you, because it had that long-distance shot of Ray. I thought it was Dominic. Like, I, I didn't know exactly. I thought it was, at first, I thought it was Dominic. And then 
they do a closer up shot and it, it's it's Lame Velasquez with Rey Mysterio. Who? Lame Tame what's his name? Uh, Kane Velas- <laughs> Velasquez. Okay. So he's coming out with Rey Mysterio. And then you see the fear in Brock's eyes. Brock's eyes go go wide. And I'm not going to attempt to say that I'm a, any way an MMA fan. I could care less about MMA. I could care less about boxing. I understand the importance because now they're on Fox. You want that sporting feel. They did a great job of making it look like a sport more than they have Ever in the last 20 years, I thought they did a tremendous job on Fox. So I understand that you want to get some other combat sports involved. That's fine. But you see Cain Velasquez with Rey Mysterio. First of all, Rey Mysterio, it's like he's looking at Cain like he, that's his big brother. Like, you know, I got my ass kicked, brother, but so I need you to I need you to defend me because I can't defend myself. I can't beat him. He's a bully. Can you take out that bully for me, please? This is a this is a first ballot Hall of Famer I'm talking about, by the way. It was One of the WWE legends of the, Go ahead. It was the WWE's version of my bodyguard. Right. Seriously. Right? Am I wrong? I mean, this is Rey Mysterio, bully. This is one of the legends, one of the greats of all time, and that's exactly how he looked. I can't beat this guy, sir. I need you. I paid you the 20 bucks. Could you take out this guy for me? That's what Rey Mysterio was like on Friday. And that shows you how much heart Kofi Kingston has. And then... But, but speaking of Kofi, Kofi Kingston, who was your WWE champion, got beat in 10 seconds. And then here comes Kane Velasquez, who's coming down the entrance ramp. First of all, put a shirt on, pal. All right? I'm not saying I'm in the best shape, but dear God, neither are you. And he's limping because he's, he's got a brace on his knee. And that's who Brock Lesnar's scared of? That's who they decided to put over on the biggest show in the history of the company. I'm first of all, I'm still pissed off at WrestleMania one because who they got over was Mr. T, who's not even a wrestler. And now they decide on the debut episode on Fox that they decide Lame Velasquez is the guy that they're going to put over, an MMA fighter, not a pro wrestler. And I get it; he was on the Triple A show, and I get it. He's been working out at the Performance Center for the last year. That's awesome. I hope he becomes a WWE superstar, and then we can have the conversation. That was not the time or place on Friday. And Brock Lesnar has been in the octagon with Velasquez, right? Yes, and that and and that's where Michael Cole did a great job because I have no idea about the history between Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, and Michael Cole did a great job. But just like Hell in a Cell. What about the people that are in the arena? They didn't know what the hell was going on. They don't know who Cain Velasquez is. My point is this. Uh, I, I liked Brock's look of shock and surprise and a little bit of fear. And they put over on commentary that we never see Brock look like this. But Brock faced Velasquez in the octagon. I never saw that look of fear in the octagon. Why am I seeing it in a wrestling ring? Yep. I would have much preferred uh, Brock to be standing there and take him on head-to-head, and then Velasquez just double-leg him. I liked the physicality. It was safe physicality. It made sense because it mirrored what would go on in an octagon, and it wasn't pro-wrestling spotty. The physicality was fine. 
Brock's selling got Kane over, but it wasn't realistic for Brock. I already fought this man in an octagon. I wasn't afraid of him then. I'm not going to be afraid of him now, especially that he's on my turf. And, you know, when Kane Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar, it was nine years ago. Nine years ago in the octagon. I mean, there's a lot of time in between that, what was it, a TK? I think it was a TKO, judging from what Michael Cole said. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he said a TKO to what we're seeing right now. The unbeatable beast, the guy who just took the WWE champion and beat him in 10 seconds. But I'm afraid of this guy? Velasquez walked out there like he just took an RKO. Man. Yeah, he did. And he, I mean, just the look on his face. I mean, I, I didn't feel any kind of... Deer in headlights. Yeah, really was. And, and it's what happens when a lot of people get into, you know, step into the world of pro wrestling. Deer in the headlights. Physicality was good. It's programmed. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, what did they announce? That we're getting Velasquez and Brock in Saudi? I mean, I mean, that's the rumor. I don't think that's official yet. I'll double check. I don't think that's official. I mean, as far as from Friday, they were saying he wasn't even officially signed with the WWE. Do you care about Velasquez versus Lesnar in a pro wrestling ring? Um, not right now, no. Are you morbidly curious? I guess. I think they can build a story that will that will pique my interest. I think they can build a story, yes. Would you have been more interested if Randy Couture or Tito Ortiz or any of those guys came out? No, I, I wouldn't have because, again, that was not the time or place. Here's the thing. If they had Cain Velasquez come out n- next Friday, okay, this is not what this episode was about, Bully. This was the first ever debut episode on Fox. We talked about it. You know, I I mean, you said it may be the biggest show in the history of the WWE. I had the discussion with Mark. He said it was two. Probably the first WrestleMania was more important. I actually think probably it was two. I think WrestleMania three was more important. You know why? Because WrestleMania one was about the pomp and circumstance and Mr. T. WrestleMania three to me was 93,000 fans in a stadium. Why? Because they wanted to see Hogan and Andre. They wanted to see wrestler versus wrestler. I don't understand what's the obsession with the WWE about getting everything over but the roster you already have. That was not the place for Cain Velasquez. Again, you want to do it this week, next week, the week after, fine. That was not the place for it on the debut episode. You know why? Because I don't know who he is. The 20,000 fans in the arena didn't know who he was. That's not who they're catering to. The average onlooker, the new viewer, might know who he is. The crossover MMA audience might know who he is. You know what? The MMA audience isn't bigger than the wrestling audience, but it's not. I agree. It's not. My problem My problem with the end of the show was this. If you're going to start tell, as Michael Cole told us, it's now that the, the that WWE championship is the most prestigious, I want to see that most prestigious championship held in the air by the most credible world heavyweight champion they have in the company right now, and I want them to go off the air like that. That's the shot I wanted to leave with. We now got somebody who's not in the world of WWE running off our credible world champion. It's so hard to sit here and agree or disagree with their decision. 
because if you look at it from the rest, the, the strictly the wrestling eyes, I hated it. If you look at it through the business eyes, I totally get why they did it. Unfortunately, 99.9% of the people that listen to our show are not going to look listen, you know, look at it through the 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 business eyes, and I get that. But allow me to reassure you, there was a business reason behind it, and it's all about dollars and cents. But he, and I know you hate it when I, I bring that up. I know, and uh, you know what though? This that was not Ronda Rousey we saw on Friday night. You know, everybody bitched and moaned about Ronda Rousey. I get Ronda Rousey. Why? One of the greatest female athletes of all time. Mainstream superstar. Took MMA to heights. I mean, you could tell, you could say that she was the biggest star in the history of the UFC. That's not Cain Velasquez. Nobody knows who the hell that guy is, unless you're an MMA fan. Like, I was talking about it with my brother last night. He doesn't know who he is. Nobody in the mainstream sports world knows who Cain Velasquez is. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And I don't think anybody cares about the history of Cain and Brock in the octagon. No! This is why I brought up guys like Couture or Tito Ortiz. I'm saying if there was a gun to Vince McMahon's head and he had to choose a UFC guy or an MMA guy, I would have brought somebody out who had charisma and personality, somebody that people knew. I'm just saying if they had to do it. And Brock had has uh, Brock has a history with Couture. I think they had one fight. Yeah, I, not, that's not to say that I would have gone in that direction. But if I was a, a slave to that grind, I would have chosen somebody else. Well, here's the thing, Kane, especially somebody with charisma. But here's the thing: Tame Velasquez is actually training. He was at the performance center. He, for, from what I hear, he had a tremendous showing at the AAA show. You know what I'm saying? He's getting into pro wrestling. He's going to be a pro wrestler. So I get that he's now in addition to the roster. I get that now. That I totally understand that. And I don't have a problem with there being a story with him and Brock Lesnar. Friday night was not the night to do it. That was not the night to do it. That was our night. Okay? That was our night. Ah, and that's where you missed the boat. Okay. Our night. There uh, is no such thing as our night. All right, so are you going to say it was the mainstream's night? Well, they yes. don't know who Cain Velasquez is either. Some of them do. Not enough. I the guarantee w, you the, the mainstream WWE. knows more of who Rey Mysterio is, who Brock Lesnar is, than they, do, than they know the name Cain Velasquez. History has told us that the WWE fan base will not leave the WWE Case in point, Fox handing over $1 billion to Vince McMahon. They are catering to the people who don't know about the WWE. Vince McMahon is doing the same thing with Cain Velasquez as he did with Lawrence Taylor or Donald Trump. All right, but then again, that's Donald Trump, that's Lawrence Taylor, that's Mr. T, that's Ronda Rousey. That's not Cain Velasquez. I'm sorry. It's not. Dave. I'm just trying to explain the mentality of what they're doing. I understand the fandom in you and why you're so upset. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I would have never chose that guy. I don't know what they're... I mean, yeah, like you said, he's training at the Performance Center, blah, blah, blah. So I guess we got to give him a chance. But man, against Brock? I don't know. And here's the other thing, too. And I know we got a break, Gabby. I'm sorry. But here's the other thing, too. You just talked about how Brock needed to take it to Kofi Kingston and just destroy Kofi Kingston, right? Right? Didn't you say that? Yes. Okay. Well, 
What's your thoughts on Brock Lesnar now? If you're so, if you watch that match, you're mainstream and you don't watch SmackDown every week, and you watch that match with Brock and Kofi, and you said, "Holy shit, Brock just destroyed that guy." What's your final thoughts coming out of that show? Because Brock look had the look of fear, and he ran from Cain Velasquez. Here's ran the thing. from him. If you don't make anybody, you didn't beat anybody. So Brock is put in the position where he has to make Velasquez in that moment. He made him with the look of concern, with the look of fear, and he made him by allowing him to double-leg him and start throwing haymakers. Same thing that could happen in the octagon. My problem with these moments and times was the look of fear. So on one, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, and I know I'm doing it, but that's the way it goes in wrestling sometimes. On one hand, I'm happy that he showed the 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 uh you know the fear but on the other hand i'm not happy about it because he wasn't afraid of him in the octagon why would he be afraid of him nine years later on his home turf it makes no sense and that was not the time to do it you said it that match that night should have ended with brock lesnar holding up that wwe championship above his head that's how that show should have ended but instead you made him look like a bitch that's what you did on friday night i'm sorry he had the look of fear and he ran so if, hey, you know, if that's the way you want to present Brock Lesnar, well, guess what? Goal accomplished, WWE, because the people tuning in for the first time, that's what they saw. So at the expense of Kofi Kingston, you had him lose in 10 seconds to make Brock look great and look grand and look like a, a monster. Well, you erased it 10 seconds after that with Tame Velasquez. Idiots. Idiots. So let me ask you this. If you were given the directive by Vince McMahon of, all right, LaGreca, here's the pencil. Here's what you have to work with. Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez. What are you going to do? I would have not started it on Friday. I would have started Stop. It. You, have to, you have to work within the parameters. Dave, Brock is going over on Kofi, and then we're having Velasquez come to the ring with Brock. What are we doing? Stare down. Stare down. No fear on either end. A complete stare down between the two. And that's how you end the show, with them face-to-face -face in the ring staring at each other. I like it. Now nobody's giving up ground. Nope. Good idea. And, you, good, and, and, Bro and Brock lost nothing. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open podcast the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand